Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Tuesday, March 12th, 2019, and you know what that means. It's time to get nerdy, y'all. Welcome to episode number 95 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I've got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Mac, how are things, man? <clears throat> well, allow me to describe my situation with a brief story, Mr. Nice Guy, if I may. Please do. <clears throat> so, there's a saying that people have about something going around. That's an illness going around. Oh, everybody's catching it. But let me just... Yeah, I've, I've heard that phrase before. I sure have. In my time, I've had a lot of, uh, <clears throat> shall we say... Healthcare-adjacent courses, right? Sure. And as a result, I have a certain appreciation for what is and is not accurate with regard to things going around. And uh, things don't go around if you don't spread them. So, for example, if you're carrying something like, I don't know, mumps is a big one, then uh, you don't, mi- you, don't uh, you know, wind up uh, going around to the other people. Guess who doesn't get mumps? The other people. Um, if you happen to have a cold... And you don't go into a place of business and cough in the face of the person who is, uh, who's dealing with you. They don't happen to get the cold. So, Mac, tell me exactly what happened. Because it sounds like this is getting to, to an incident that may have gone down. Is that what you're implying? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Definitely neither assault nor battery was involved. However, just some jerk face who decided that in spite of the fact that you could do everything he needed to do online through the websites through the internet that it was important for him to come into my place of work and to cough on my face he didn't even try to cover his mouth mr nice guy and that's just what is so frustrating about it so max a little salty today Mike's a, max a little salty a little woozy a little headachey a little snuffly and uh you know a little throat scratchy so he's he's here though and he's going to work through a lot of extra Y's in that sentence. Mm-hmm. Throat scratchy. All the snuffly. extra Y's. I don't even know what snuffly means. I'm assuming snuffly, it's not sneezy. good. Sneezy. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Ooh, I feel like I just got sick just hearing that. Can, can germs go over the internet? They cannot, which is exactly why the internet is a perfect medium for I set you, you up. if you I set happen you up to be. That. Yes, you did, and I appreciate it. So, uh, but lesson learned, everybody, if you don't want your second favorite, uh, you know, podcaster to go, uh, to get ill, then, uh, then remember, stay at home if you're sick and, uh, don't spread your illnesses. It's not going around. You are actively spreading it. You are the problem, not the solution. For my part, I haven't left the house in the past three days because you know what? Not going to get other people sick. So. Take warning by me. That's all I'm saying. Mr. Nice Guy, what about you? Have you... Oh, I did actually have one other super exciting thing happen, but I've got to save it for what we've been watching and what we've been playing at the end. I'm cool with that, man. Okay. Um, so, I don't know, man. What's been going on with me? Not a lot, man. I've, I've actually remembered the importance of getting some R&R, just getting some rest and relaxation. Typically, Mac, every single night I'm doing something entrepreneurial, doing a podcast with you i'm doing stand-up comedy i'm streaming on twitch i'm doing something i'm not the type of person that's wired to come home from work and just watch tv i can't do that and i wish i was sometimes i wish i was less ambitious but i will say this last night i said you know what i'm not doing anything i'm not going out to do comedy i'm not going to stream on twitch i'm just going to watch some shows with my wife i'm going to play with the kids And then I'm going to play some Xbox, and I'm not going to stream it. I'm just going to play. So I did that, and I had a blast. We'll talk about the games that I played later on. But, Mac, sometimes you just got to take a night off, man, especially if someone has coughed in your face earlier in the day. But I appreciate you not taking off a night and still doing this podcast with me. Um, Mac, you know what, man? On that note, I say we do what we do best, and we hop right into the gaming news, my friend. What do you think about that? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is episode number 95 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. We're 95% of the way to 100 episodes. Mac, if you don't mind, if you could just verify that we're up on the channel. Verify. Because we did change that key, remember? Yep, we're good. We're Perfect. good. I'm seeing us. All right, Mac, there's there's a lot of interesting stories this week. 
Um, let's start with one of the ones that was most interesting to me as uh, as a lover of Xbox and of all consoles. This is on GameInformer.com. It says, Halo, the Master Chief Collection launched in 2014. Bundling Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Halo 2 Anniversary, Halo 3, Halo 4 for the Xbox One. In 2015, Halo 3 ODST was added to the collection free of charge for those who played it during its technically challenged launch period, leaving fan-favorite Halo Reach as the only pre-Xbox One title not in the Master Chief Collection. Today, Mac, today, Microsoft announced it is remedying that exclusion. During today's Inside Xbox presentation, Microsoft and 343 Industries announced that Halo Reach is coming to Halo the Master Chief Collection later this year. The multiplayer suite, including PvP, Forge, and the Theater, will be provided free of charge for everyone who owns the collection on Xbox One. Those who want to play the campaign or the popular wave-based firefight mode will need to either subscribe to Xbox Game Pass or purchase them via a premium digital add-on. Uh, when it arrives, it'll run at 60 frames per second in 4K with HDR on compatible devices. Halo Reach is set to arrive in the Master Chief Collection later this year. So, Mac, this even if you're not a huge Halo guy, and I know that you did play the old ones because we did the... the hey, um, hey, Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice yeah. Guy. Why Why did the Covenant, Covenant call Allstate? Because they needed flood insurance. Ah, That's clever, you, dude. So you, you are it. a Halo guy. You're more of a Halo guy than I thought. That's That's a pun right there. I like that, Mac. Who's the comedian now, ladies and gentlemen? Maction. I need an opener, Mac. You could be the guy when I'm famous, if I'm ever famous. Opener, I'm coming for your job. Dude, you could just do you could just do video game puns the whole time. I'm trying to think of other video game puns. Can't think of any off the top of my head. Anyway, this is a cool story. Um, not so much because it's it's adding Halo Reach, but because it shows the importance of continuing to support your games. Um What Halo's what's your favorite Halo of all time, Mac? If you had to pick one. Um, Halo 1 Combat Evolved. Okay. Did you play the multiplayer on any of the more recent Halos? I know you're not a shooter guy, but being a Halo fan, maybe you made an exception. I Halo did. 3? I did wind up playing with friends on 2 and 3. Did not enjoy them as much. Either single or multiplayer. See, now, originally, I was a Nintendo kid, man. That was all I played growing up was NES, SNES, N64. Eventually, when when PlayStation and Xbox came out, I was more onto the PlayStation side of things. I had the PS2, um, had a PS1, then I switched to Xbox for 360. And for that reason, the first Halo that I was really, really into was Halo Reach. And I have such fond memories of playing that game. In fact, I'll never forget that Christmas. It was the first year my wife and I were married, Went to, I think it was either Target or Best Buy on Black Friday, got a 360, and the first game that I got was Halo Reach because it was on sale for Black Friday, and I put so many hours into the multiplayer on that game. Um, I'm very, very excited that this is coming. Now, Mac, sometimes when companies release DLC, consumers complain that the company was just holding back DLC that should have been there in the beginning. Do you think that's what Microsoft is doing here? Or do you think that they just were never originally planned to add Halo Reach to this collection? What do you think, man? You know, difficult to say. It could honestly be an issue with system architecture and having to put in a lot of extra time to make it compatible. Dude, it could be. You never know. Um, I know Nintendo gets gets hated on for that a lot when they say, well, you had all the characters on there. Why didn't you just put them in the game? Anyway, Mac, here's another kind of interesting story. Um, and this caught my eye because it's about one of my favorite indies, if not my favorite indie of all time. Also on Game Informer. Uh, it says, remember when Team Cherry canceled its retail physical release for Hollow Knight but said it would look into other options? Today, Team Cherry and Fangamer gave more details announcing that the action platformer will indeed get a physical release. And it'll launch It'll launch in late May for PS4, Switch, and PC. Hollow Knight will get two physical editions. The standard edition will cost $29 for PS4 and PC copies and $34 for Switch players. It includes a copy of the game, an instruction manual, retro, it says, and a map of Hollow Nest. That's kind of cool, actually. The collector's edition will cost $64 for PS4 and PC and $69 for Switch owners. It includes the standard edition content, a gold fail, excuse me, gold foil, collector's box, night brooch and stand, quarrel comic book, gold foil art print set, and pre-order bonus papercraft set. Uh, Mac, do we need a physical release of Hollow Knight at this point? Well, I think that very much depends on what you mean by this point. Um, in general, 
uh, physical releases are a good way to protect against stores going down and with them taking your purchase. Um, Steam won't always be in operation, and uh, as such, I will lose a lot of games from that. Um, so, I, I mean, on the one hand, uh, physical copies do help you to safeguard against a storefront going down, but oftentimes with games these days where we have persistent online authentication, no amount of uh, <coughs> no amount of physical copy, especially if it has to check servers that may no longer be there, um, can actually preserve the game for you to actually play it. So, uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe it's a good idea. I know that a lot of people like having the boxes on their shelf. It's not really for me, though. Yeah, and if I didn't already have the game and I'm picking between digital and physical, there's a good chance that I pick physical. However, in this situation, Hollow Knight has been out for a long time, over a year, and the physical uh, version is only $15. Now, I picked it up on sale because I'm cheap like that. I think I got it for around 10 um, but the the physical edition is 30 for the, the basic one. Now, granted, it comes with some cool gear, some cool stuff, some cool retro manual, and a map of Hollow Nest. But I don't know, Team Cherry. I mean, you have a new game coming out. Why don't you just focus on that one? I'd buy a physical release of that. Hollow Knight, I've already played it and loved it, so that's just me. Uh, moving on to the next news story. Mac, this one might get you kind of excited because I know you've played a game in this series before. We went with a different source for this one. This one comes from GameRant.com. It says, As we declared last year, Borderlands 3 was one of the games we had hoped to see at E3 2018. But of course, the event came and went without a peep about a new entry in Gearbox Software's first-person shooter series. Now, though, it looks as if fans of the franchise could finally be getting official confirmation of the sequel's existence, with Gearbox having shared a tweet today that lists a March 28th date along with artwork similar to the visuals found within the IP's games. The aforementioned date is displayed across a road sign for Boston, Massachusetts, with the image also having the text that reads Exit 3 which provides an additional hint that there will be an announcement for some kind of some kind for Borderlands 3. The nod to the northeastern U.S. city is most assuredly a reference to the fact that Gearbox will be holding a panel at PAX East, with March 28th being one of the days for the annual gaming festival. Mac, you played Borderlands 2, right? I did, yeah. Would you, would you be hyped for Borderlands 3, or is, one, is 2 Borderlands enough? Technically, we've already had Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, and then there was like a, uh, like a spin-off game. But, are, I mean, are you even excited for this, or is it not not your thing? You know, I'm not too excited about it, but it does have some potential. I'm going to take a wait and see on this one, but uh, but it might potentially be of interest to me. I Thanks for turning me on to it. Yeah, not a problem, man. And, uh, you know, it is co-op, and there's never been PvP in it, so definitely a co-op game. I always feel like it gets kind of repetitive, and I always feel like with Borderlands, I reach a point where I'm not even following the story anymore. I'm just shooting everything that moves. Going from that, loot box to loot box. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. And they always say, you know, there's a bajillion, gamillion guns in it. Ultimately, it's just a bunch of randomly generated guns that, that are... That's why there's so many, right? Because it's almost like they're procedurally generated guns, I think. So, I don't know. Borderlands is a great game, but I, I'm not super excited for this. Excited for those who like it, though. Moving on to our next news story. This one's about a game that I have encouraged Mac to play, and he still needs to play when he has the time. Uh, this says, Indie Action Platformer, this is on Game Informer, Indie Action Platformer The Messenger released last year on PC and Switch to acclaim from fans and critics alike, as its close adherence to NES game, NES games that inspired it combining with non-traditional ideas like switching graphical styles with time travel appealed to a lot of fans. I read that sentence terribly, but that's okay. Now players on the PlayStation 4 will get to see what all the fuss is about as the game releases in just one week on the console. You can check out a gameplay trailer on GameInformer.com uh, and it says, but it seems to be identical to PC and Switch releases. By the way, for those of you who enjoyed the game, the new Picnic expansion is arriving on all platforms, including PS4, when it launches later this year. Fans of old school platforming should take a look at the PS4 version of The Messenger when it launches on March 19th. Mac. What's your level of excitement for this game on a 1 to 10? It's been out for a while, but but how an, how much anticipation do you feel for wanting to jump into this? 5? A, a 5? Okay, cuz this is a Maxion game. It, it's it has true. Metroidvania elements, it's retro. Um the music is really retro. 
Uh, it just seems like your type of game. But I feel like maybe we're oversaturated with Metroidvanias at this point. Is that kind of how you're feeling? I do love the genre, but uh, I'm just feeling at the, you know, at now, at this point in time, I'm just feeling more like, you know, I've still got such a big backlog that I'm working through that uh, this one doesn't excite me enough to make it jump the list. And, and you know, I kind of feel the same way, even though I've already played it. There's games that are similar to it that I just haven't played because I'm like, you know what, I'm in the middle of so many other awesome games right now. So anyway, last news story of the day, and we have a super good uh, segment for our, our topic that we'll get to later, but this is the last news story today. Uh, so just in case, Mac, you've been reading news and you think I'm leaving out something big, that's because we're going to talk about it later. Uh, this last one is about Minecraft, one of Mac's, Mac's favorite games, right? Isn't this one of your favorite games? Uh, it's yeah. definitely up there on the list. Nice. This is on Game Informer. It says the newest addition to Xbox Game Pass is one of the most popular games of all time. Guess what game it is, Mac? Is it Minecraft? No, it's not Minecraft. I'm just kidding. Of course it's Minecraft because I just said it is. <laughs> Minecraft is the latest to join the ever-growing library of games available to subscribers of Xbox's subscription service. Game Pass subscribers can dive into the iconic sandbox and create to their heart's content. To date, Minecraft has garnered more than 91 million players worldwide and has appeared on 20 unique platforms, including Xbox One, Switch, PC, and mobile. Minecraft arrives on Xbox Game Pass from on April 4th. Mac, are you still even into Minecraft? Are you still making time to build stuff and not, to fight the little zombies? Not for quite some time. Um, eventually, near the end there of my time with Minecraft, I was playing a lot of what was called Super Hostile Challenge Maps. Um, and there's actually a couple new ones of those coming out soon, so I might uh, dive back in. But I haven't played Minecraft in probably a year, maybe more. Dude, it's been many years for me now. I remember when it came out on the 360. Um, it, I just remember thinking, this is amazing. Me and my buddies, who, by the way, we were all adults at the time, were like, yeah, you know what, let's go play some Minecraft, let's build stuff. Uh, and we would do little custom games where we would everyone would go get an axe and we would do like a Hunger Games survival thing, um, teams of four on four sometimes. We had a lot of fun with Minecraft, just building stuff in the world, uh, fighting the zombies. And when I look back on it, I feel like those are hours of gaming that I wasted, just to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it just it ended up being a waste of my time. But I, I definitely see the appeal, and I think it's phenomenal that Microsoft is making this game available for free for those who are subscribed. Because I think that there's a lot of hours of gameplay if this is what you're into. Uh, Mac, that has been our news for the week. Over to you, buddy. All right. Well, now we're going to take a little look into the past at some of the things that have uh, brought us to where we are in a segment called Gaming History, Video Game History. <clears throat> um, the first one that we can't leave off, uh, heck, Google even had a little doodle about it, and that is it's the 30th anniversary of the World Wide Web, the 30th anniversary of the Internet. And uh, for my part, I can just say that while I've found the internet to be such a helpful resource in a lot of ways, I know I've mentioned in the past that uh, uh, that my friend and I, when we tried to figure out where to get Mew or how to get all of these Pokemon that didn't actually exist on the Pokemon Red and Blue cards, excuse me, um, we uh, uh, we turned to internet message boards in order to try and find out where we could do this, how we could do that, fly to this, uh, you know, get uh, get attacked by that, and so on and so forth. <clears throat> um, what we did uh, learn through all of that is that you can't trust everything on the internet, but nonetheless, there were still many amazing things for the internet, even in that time. Later on in life, the internet, you know, I think has been very helpful. I mean, let's just talk about Mr. Nice Guy and I. We are able to do this podcast even though we're separated by something like a thousand miles and uh yeah we are able to do that thanks to the glory that is the world wide web and yeah just just so many it's hard for me to separate out all the important contributions that the internet has brought us as video gamers now mac i got a question for you and i'm currently working on a joke about this do you remember the first web page that you ever went to on the internet. What was it? Um, I don't remember the first one, but I suspect it was probably the Space Jam website. Really? No, couldn't have been the Space Jam website. Let me just 
Hmm. Um, are you, are you looking through your web history right now to remember <coughs> what it was? No, no, I don't keep my web history on that long. The U.S. release date was ninety eight, September ninety eight, for Pokemon Red and Blue. I think Space Jam didn't come out till something like ninety nine. So it couldn't have been that. I guess uh, the first thing that I can say for sure that I remember is that uh, going to a site, which I seem to recall being GameFAQs, Game F-A-Q-S, um, for frequently asked questions, and they, back in those days, had a message board service. That was the majority of their uh, of their things, was you posted up a question and people answered I totally answered remember it. this. I remember yeah. this. <clears throat> now, GameFAQs is still a website that is going on right now, even though it's a little bit different. Um, so I, I'm going to say it's probably probably there to look for Pokemon stuff. Dude, so I'm working on this bit right now, this this joke, and I'm not going to do the joke right now. But the premise is, you know, asking people what the first webpage they ever went to is. Because the first webpage that I remember going to, Mac, other than a search engine, and I was young when the internet came out, is the dog poop page. And the reason why is because I remember going to the library and the librarian saying, you know, this new thing called the internet is out. You can go to any, there's anything. You can find anything on the internet that you want. And I remember being, what, seven, eight years old? And uh, being, being challenged, accepted. Well, yeah, I was like, really? Are you sure? Let's see if there's a page about dog poop. And surprise, surprise, there was. Mac, that means that back when the internet was created, there was a guy who had the skills to make a web page, and he chose to use his powers for evil to make a web page about dog poop like he literally had to take a class to learn how to make a web page he could have been working for microsoft he could have been working for any company making making all kinds of awesome web pages and making money he chose to make uh, one about dog poop where he uploaded poems about dog poop and pictures of dog poop and he had to go around with a disposable camera photographing dog poop and then go to the grocery store and get that film developed, and, and then, then show up two days later with boldness and be like, "Hey, are my are my dog poop pictures ready to go yet?" And don't forget, then he had, then to, he had to scan the pictures. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this man's dedication to dog poop is unrivaled, and I think it's something we should be celebrating. You laugh, you laugh, but I I salute this man. Yeah, you know, you know. Shout out to the dog poop man. I had to get that in there, Mac. I'm sorry for interrupting gaming history. <clears throat> No, that is awesome. Yeah, thanks for being here, Internet. Back to you, buddy. All right. Well, the next one uh, I want to talk about uh, was in 2000. I know we've mentioned it before last year when we got here to March, but I'm just going to um, hit it real quick, and that is those of you may recall that back the original Mario Party was quite a strain on people's hands. So much so that the Attorney General of the United States uh, drafted a letter to Nintendo and said, hey, Come on, guys, this uh, Mario Party thing is damaging people's hands. You need to do something about it. And so uh, Nintendo, uh, for the price of a self-addressed stamped envelope, I believe, would mail you a protective Mario Party glove branded with, uh, with Mario Party so that you wouldn't damage the, uh, you know, damage the palm of your hand trying to, uh, you know, crank around the, uh, the analog joystick so much. <clears throat> you you doing okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm <clears throat> I the tiger. Um, and then uh, the last one I do want to mention, uh, particularly because we touched on it the other time uh, last week, the division, division one came out in 2016 for the PC, and Mr. Nice Guy and I, previous to the launch, got a chance to test it out back when we were living closer together and could go to uh, conventions together. But uh, but yeah, that was that was three years ago uh, that we got the division. So yeah, Dude, I will never forget because there was a guy at this. It was PAX. It was uh, it was GameStop Expo. It was GameStop mm-hmm. Expo. Yeah, there was a guy who was like giving us directions of how to play, and he was treating it like we were legitimately in the military. Yeah, he was like, everyone grab your controller, now get ready to go, boys. And then he, it was it was wild. He was taking it very very seriously, and it almost took away from the enjoyment of just letting us figure stuff out. But it was it was a great game. I remember having a blast with the demo. And now we got the Division Two coming. 
Mm. Anyway, Mac, I'm sorry. Finish your segment, buddy. No, no, that's uh, that's it. Division three, as you know, sometimes, Mister Nice Guy, there are a little bit lean weeks of video game history, and this is one of them. So that's where I think I'll stop. Even though the bombshell of the creation of the internet 30 years ago today, I mean, that just that just says it all. We'd be in such a different place without it. Agreed 100%. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our next segment, which is the topic of the week. Week. Wait a minute. Do I do that for dummy of the week or topic of the week? Uh, I do that for dummy of the week. I just threw in an echo for no reason, Mac. I apologize, man. I'm out of it. Um, A segment of the show where we talk about something that's relevant in gaming and we give you our opinions on it. So, uh, Mac, I actually have two stories. They're both about the same thing, though. Okay. So, the first one comes from comicbook.com and it talks about Google. Let's see what it says. It says Google is gearing up to unveil something gaming related at this year's Game Developers Conference, GDC, and it could very well be their own console. The company began sending out invites last month, but their most recent teaser but the most recent teaser to arrive may be our best look at what yet is to come. We still don't know what's on the gaming horizon from Google, but the video teaser points to a potential console as it features what could be considered a startup screen as well as an accompanying sound. The video above doesn't offer much, but we do get a few looks at what appears to be a handful of different video games. We can see them from the inside of a cargo plane, uh, lush worlds that are perfect for exploration, large space-based RPG vibes, and so much more, which further indicates that we could possibly be seeing something in the gaming hardware department. In addition to this, the video's description says that Google will be revealing their vision for the future of gaming. What this means exactly, we'll have to wait until the actual presentation. Now, it also says, Mac, of course, there's always a possibility that this might have something to do with their project stream service that they were teasing last year, excuse me, testing last year. For those who don't recall, Google held a testing phase in which players were able to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey completely via streaming. Mac, do you think we're getting a console from Google? And do you want another console to add some competition to the market? Competition in any sphere is almost always good and should be happening. I welcome Google's entrance to the field. I will say, however, that I am not interested in a streaming-only console. So if that's the way Google goes with it, it is a hard pass for me. Now, is this just because of our previous conversations about the importance of physical games? You know, having having digital-only... In large um, part, yes. Okay, fantastic. And then, you know, of course, with a physical console, you get the benefit of a DVD or a Blu-ray, whatever it may be, 4K, so player to watch movies cool now mac to further further um kind of like i what's the word i'm looking for to further this rumor that this may be coming we have another news story and this one this one mac comes from gamespot.com here's what it says Video game industry veteran Jade Raymond, who produced the original Assassin's Creed before joining EA where she worked on Star Wars, has landed a new job at Google. Raymond announced on Twitter today that she's working at Google as vice president. That's all she had to say on the matter, so it's unclear exactly what she's doing at Google. Google operates a gaming business with its project Stream Technology that is set to be formally unveiled next, I think it meant to say next month, during the Game Developers Conference. Raymond would be at least Google's second high-profile gaming hire, following former PlayStation and Xbox boss Phil Harrison, who joined Google as a VP in January 2018. In her most recent position at EA, Raymond served as Senior Vice President Group General Manager of Motive Studios. In that role, Raymond was responsible for leading a new business unit and a studio team centered on making new IP and action games. She was also responsible for leading the strategy around EA's new Star Wars games. Uh, Mac, just for reference, too, she worked on Assassin's Creed. I believe she also worked on some of the Splinter Cell games. So this is someone who has experience in making successful IPs that already exist. And according to this, in her previous role, in between Ubisoft and, uh, and Google, when she was at EA, she worked on creating new IP. Do you think that this is a coincidence, or do you think that maybe she really is being hired to help work on a new console for Google or new IPs for that console. Well, it seems likely that that's their hope is to pull her there to work on IPs for the console. But who knows? Maybe 
<clears throat> I think it's uh, the company 3M is actually quite no noteworthy because they do a thing where they rotate people through uh, through development teams outside of their expertise. And they and 3M actually credits a lot of their innovation for the fact that they take people who who are successful in one sphere and apply them in a different sphere um, to in order to let their creativity loose. So uh, I wouldn't discount the possibility of them just hiring these gaming people in order to do stuff gaming adjacent, but maybe not specifically gaming related. But at the same time, yeah, it does seem pretty pretty much like that's what they're going for yeah and and my thing is if google is really going to come out with a new console by the way there's another story that shows a supposed leak of the console or excuse me of the controller um and you guys can look that up those of you who are here live i don't want to post it in the chat because i'm lazy right now um but if google is going to succeed they absolutely cannot and when i say succeed i mean succeed in making a console they absolutely cannot just have third party software they they need to have some type of intellectual property that is exclusive to their console i can play call of duty i can play assassin's creed i can play all of those major games on every single console fortnite xbox legends whatever you want and if I'm getting a Google console, there's got to be something there that I can only play on on Google. And, you know, Mac, I think it's really harder to jump into the game at this point than it would have been, say, you know, five years ago, six years ago, because now people really have console loyalty. We have a lot of fanboys and fangirls who only want to play the console that they have a high gamer score on or that they have a high number of trophies on or that most of the people who they play games with are on. So to bring out something completely new that doesn't uh, that doesn't take into account any of your past gaming history is a huge challenge in 2019, uh, in my opinion. But if anyone can do it, I think Google can. Mac, do you have any other thoughts on this, or shall we? Uh, fantastic. Well, that has been our topic of the week. Back over to you, bud. All right. Well, now we're going to take a look at a crowdfunding effort. We call this segment Kick or Kickstart, and it starts by us posting a link in the chat for those of you who want to take a look at it. And then we talk a little bit about the virtues and the vices, and in the end we give our deliberation as to whether or not we think it should be kicked out of here, or whether we think it should be kick-started. And this game is Dungeon Defenders Awakened, and if it looks familiar, well then, there's good reason. It is essentially a remake of the Dungeon Defenders game, but done in the Unreal 4 engine for PC, uh, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, <coughs> you know, the big ones. Um, <coughs> now what they're looking for is $250,000 in order to bring this game to market with a minimum buy-in price. You can get into the uh, closed PC beta for 10 bucks. And estimated delivery October of 2019. Although, um, in general, though, there are a few early bird packs and, and various levels of backing that don't uh, particularly interest me. Maybe they will interest some of you, but I think I'll just focus on that, uh, <coughs> on that getting the digital platform key. Now, um, the $10 would only get you uh, closed beta access for the PC, um, and uh, it would give you some other keys for Dungeon Defenders 2 on PC, PS4, and Xbox. But the minimum buy-in to get the uh, game on a platform of your choice, Dungeon Defenders Awakened, would be basically 17 20 bucks, depending upon whether or not you got that early, uh, early bird thing. And there's only like uh, 13 early bird slots left. So, <coughs> all right. Wait, I'm confused. Maybe I should just look at it, but... You're saying that there's only, you you said 17 or 20 bucks. That kind of threw me off. Yeah, so the 17 is the early bird. And then the 20 is the, you didn't make it quite fast enough for the early bird. So you don't get oh, the $3 gotcha, discount. Gotcha. But if you're okay with just having it on PC, $10 and you'll get, e and you'll get the early beta access. Or uh, PC closed beta access. You just won't get keys for any of the other platforms. So if you're cool with just, you know, with just having PC, then 10 bucks is your minimum buy-in. <coughs> anyway, they're going for 
250000 to fund this game. 21 days to go, and they are more than halfway there. Um, this is not done by the same team that did the original. They do mention that they have several of the original teammates, uh, team people, uh, joining their team to make this, but they are not the same team, and uh, they had to purchase the IP. So, you know... So it is above board. This is from this it is seems. notable. This is notable. Mm-hmm. That's a very important distinction. Thanks for pointing mm-hmm. that out. Um, <clears throat> no doubt about it. Unreal Four does look lovely, but personally, Mister Nice Guy, I well, okay. Um, let me keep going with the positive. It does look lovely, and it looks like they've got some stuff that's very true to the original. I used to play Dungeon Defenders back in the day. I know that Mister Nice Guy did as well, even on stream. Yes, I did. And did I ever stream it? Uh, you did on rare occasions. Okay. I gotcha. tuned in once or twice. Um, and then yeah, so that's Dungeon Defenders Awakened. <coughs> Mr. Nice Guy, what's what's your take? Well, you know what's funny, Mac? I was browsing Kickstarter yesterday, and I came across a game called Dungeon Defenders Awakened, and I thought, man, I hope that Mac talks about this tomorrow. Because I'm a fan of Dungeon Defenders, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to tell him. I'm going to wait and see what he does. We're on that same wavelength, homie, because you chose the game I wanted you to talk about. Now, here's what I'll say. And and one point of correction, um, Mac said that there, and this is not to make you look bad. This is just for our listeners to know, in case you're listening to this after the fact, and you're worried about missing out on that early bird price of $17. Uh, I think you said there's 13 left. There's actually 987 oh. left. There's because there's 2000 available. Sorry, we blame it on the sickness. I'm down with the sickness, people. Get up, get up, get down with the sickness, ladies and gentlemen. Um so anyway, yeah, so there's there's a lot of those left if you want to do that. Um I will say that I had a blast playing Dungeon Defenders on Xbox 360. I believe it was PlayStation 4. Excuse me, where I played Dungeon Defenders 2, and that's probably where I streamed it if I ever streamed the game. I just don't remember. Um, Obviously, I just had happened to review this yesterday, and it looks great to me. Um, They have a good video. They've already done a lot of the groundwork to get this done. Um, It does have four-player online and offline multiplayer. It is available on the Nintendo Switch, which, as you know, for me and indies, that's a must-have. Um, this is the perfect type of game to play portably. Uh, I will say that with Dungeon Defenders, I always felt like it got a little bit repetitive. But it's the type of game that I would just, you know, if there's a Friday night, you know, where I didn't feel like playing a shooter or a sports game or an RPG, and I just wanted to really hang out in a party chat with some of my friends, this is that game. Because it's not a game where you take yourself too seriously, whether you're winning or losing. It's basically... I, I would describe this as like a tower defense RPG with melee elements. So you're not just setting up towers. You have a hero that can move throughout the map. You do set up towers, but you're just trying to kill these guys. It's the perfect party game just to hang out, talk about other stuff, and play it and have a good time. And there's time in between rounds just to mess around. So, Mac, I have so many good memories of this. Um, when I first read it, I didn't realize that this is being made by a different team than the original and that worries me a little bit. Um, but the fact that it's on the Switch, man, it, it almost makes me want to give it a shot. Uh, I, I have very little negative to say about this. I'm excited for this to see and to see what they do with it. Mm. And for my part, <clears throat> I'm not quite so excited about it. While I think it's nice to have games updated and it's nice to have access to games on more platforms, um, I don't think Dungeons Defenders is one of the games that I was really hoping for. So maybe just chalk it up to difference of interests, but uh, for myself, the since I'm not excited about the game itself, the fact that it's being done by a different studio, even with input from some of the original folks, um, and this is the first time that that studio's ever done anything, uh, really makes me hesitant. And I would say, kick it out of here, because I don't have a playable demo. As you know, that's a big deal for me. But also... Um, they just, you know, it, uh, they they haven't shown me anything that hasn't been done with other things that failed, if that makes sense. 
Well, Mac, here's here's something, and I don't know if you mentioned this or not. Did you talk about how close they are to their goal or how far they are from their goal? Um, well, I mentioned they're more than halfway. They're probably 75% or so. Yeah, so, I mean, they wanted a quarter million dollars, $250,000. They're currently at $181,841, um, and they have 21 days left, mm-hmm. 4,977 backers. So it it almost makes me it in fact it does make me curious how they have gotten so much support when they had to buy the IP and they are not the original team. They're doing something right at least in the promotion of the game. Uh and and I don't know. I mean, that's the first step in making a successful game. And so, did you already cast your vote, Mac? Yes, I'm going to say kick it. It's just a little bit too risky for me. And we're, see, we're disagreeing on this, and I, I would say Kickstart, um, they're putting it out on every major platform, and they're doing it in Unreal Engine 4. I'll be interested to see how well, how smoothly this runs on the Nintendo Switch, because it really is the ideal type of game for the Switch, not to play docked, but to take it with you on the go and play portably. And as a guy who occasionally does that, this is the game, man. This is the type of game. So I'm going to say Kickstart it. All right. Well, and don't forget, those of you who are here with us live, let us know in the chat what you think, whether this should be kicked out of here or kick-started. Mr. Nice Guy, back over to you. Hey, want to say shout-out to Spenis. He doesn't make it here every week, but he's a good friend of mine, and it's good to see you in the chat, my friend. We need to have you on here as a guest at some point, Spenis. I think you'd be phenomenal, and he knows a lot about games. Uh, moving on to our next segment, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. It's time for the Dummy of the Week, 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 Week. A segment of the show where we talk about someone who did something stupid, idiotic, or downright dumb and make fun of them. Mac, I saw I messed you up with the echoes again. I apologize, man. Uh, This one's pretty simple and straightforward, man. This comes from KPTV.com in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, It says, a man is wanted in Vancouver for breaking into a Vancouver video game store. And it was all caught on camera. The person who broke in might have only stolen about $100 worth of merchandise, Mac. But we're told he caused thousands thousands of dollars worth of damage, owner Cooper Bates said. Now, this is one thing I've never understood is, first of all, why would you why would you break into someone's business and just do that? That's disrespectful and wrong, right? We understand that. We're not trying to promote this type of behavior. But if you're going to steal, why would you steal $100 worth of stuff? And then just just damage the place. Like, how do you benefit from doing that? Unless maybe back in high school the owner stole your girlfriend or something. Like, there's no reason to just go vandalize someone's business. You don't gain anything from that. You just make their life more difficult. And stealing on top of it is wrong, too. Uh, The article goes on to say, A rock through a front window, followed by not one, but two smashed cases. This is the damage Vancouver police said. Uh, a thief caused when he broke into Double Jump video games last week. Now, Mac, as a side note, I think that the name Double Jump Video Games is absolutely phenomenal. I think that's a, I think that's just kind of a cool name. There's so many video games where you either acquire or start with a double jump. That's just a unique type of game name. Store store game name. Game store game. Name Stame Gore. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the owner of the store said the suspect actually came into the shop earlier in the day when they were open only to come back later around 2 in the morning. We're told he caused around $2,500 worth of damage. So basically, this guy went to the store during the day to scope it out, not to see if there was anything good to steal, but in his mind he said, yeah, I'm just looking for some games, but really I'm here trying to see if there's stuff I can damage for fun. And then he went home and came back at 2 in the morning. Mac, that is, that's just ridiculous. Um, the interesting thing is he scoped out the store during the day but didn't happen to spot where the cameras are because the cameras caught him on video. Now, we talked about this before. Anyone who's ever played Splinter Cell or any type of stealth video game knows that you've got to shoot out the lights and you've got to shoot out the cameras. He had every opportunity to, to scope the place out and didn't do that. Come on, man. That's stealing 101, damaging 101. He was only in the store for about a minute and 30 seconds, getting away with only a few items. It's like a punch in the stomach when you see someone throw a rock in your door. It's scary, Bates said. The owner told Fox 12 that he will be adding more cameras around the store. Well, you know what? I don't think that cameras or lack of cameras are the problem because the guy was caught on camera. 
So how is adding more cameras going to make him stop? And furthermore, the guy was there during the day and saw the cameras and didn't care. Add some additional security, but not cameras. If you have information about the person seen in this video, contact Vancouver Police. Mac, that's our Dummy of the Week. Back over to you. All right. Well, now we're going to take a brief detour away from the criminals and into the legal system with a little segment we call Legalese. Legalese. <laughs> and I want to talk about a recent unanimous decision from the United States Supreme Court. Uh, the case is Fourth Estate Public Benefit Corp v. WallStreet.com. And uh, essentially what's going on is Fourth Estate Public Benefit Corp. had a bunch of, uh, a bunch of articles, basically. And uh, Fourth Estate sued WallStreet.com for basically reposting their content. And the unanimous decision that was given was that you must have already been granted a patent on something before you can sue for patent infringement. Seems like a, you know, seems like something that's pretty, you know, pretty straightforward. And hopefully it won't uh, come to bear too many t uh, too many times. But uh, I was very shocked that that was not already a set-in-stone ruling by the United Supreme States Supreme Court, that you had to already have your patent approved before you could sue somebody for patent infringement. Um, also, I'm a little bit confused because I... Uh, didn't think that the patent would apply to articles that uh, they posted on their website, but hey, uh, it's a it's a mad mad world. And uh, <clears throat> sorry for not delivering this one with very much gravitas again, down with the sickness. But uh, that's been just a little bit of legalese for this week. Legalese. Well, Mac and people who are here in the chat with us. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 95 of Two Nerds in a Pod, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. Before we go, we like to do one last segment called What We've Been Watching and What We've Been Playing, where we talk about just that, the things we've been watching and the things we have been playing. And I'll lead off, Mac. So this weekend, I watched a few things. Uh, first, I rented a couple movies. Uh, we went old school and we went to Redbox rather than just getting them streaming. And we watched uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet again. We had seen it in theaters. I watched that with the family. Also, my wife and I uh, rented Creed 2, which we had not seen yet. My wife wasn't feeling too well. She was kind of tired. So I ended up watching it by myself. Mac, I know you're probably not into this movie because it's a, it's a sports movie. It's a boxing movie. But are you a fan of the original Rockies? You can just nod. Oh, he has a, he has a, a little Mac uh, amiibo there. Indeed. So he's proving me wrong. Have I, you seen the original Rockies? I have seen the original Rockies, and I actually do like them. They've got a certain okay, so charm to them. They do. I think they're great movies. They're classics. Now, the Creed movies, you may or may not know, they're about Apollo Creed's son. And Rocky's training him. You're nodding, so you do know this. Um, the first one was absolutely amazing. I loved it. I stood up when he was fighting. I got so excited watching it in my basement with my wife. Uh, and then this one was really good, too, but not nearly as good as the first. And it got bad reviews or mixed reviews, I should say. I thought it was a fine movie. I didn't have any issue with it. Uh, the only thing I don't like about these types of movies, Mac, and no spoilers, is when something's happening in the middle of the movie and you can determine what the outcome is going to be just based on the fact that it is happening in the middle of the movie, right? Mm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, like, for example, back when I used to watch 24, I'm going on a tangent, but that's okay. We got 12 minutes. We're 12 minutes ahead of schedule. Uh, back when I used to watch the TV show 24, and every, every season was 24 episodes. So if in episode 12, it looked like Jack Bauer was going to stop the terrorist threat, I knew that something was going to happen and there was going to be a, twitch get, or a, sw uh, a twist because guess what? We're only halfway through the season. And so that's how I felt about Creed 2. There's an event that happens mid-movie where I think, oh, well, I know what's going to happen here because there's still an hour left to go. Um, other than that, I thought it was a great movie. Other stuff that I have been watching... Um, designated survivors. Speaking of Jack Bauer, aka Kiefer Sutherland, uh, my wife and I have been watching that on Netflix, and that show's really good. It's about someone who uh, becomes president because all of the other cabinet members and the president uh, get killed, unfortunately, in this TV show. Uh, great show, we really like it. And as far as what I've been playing, Mac, I got to play some Apex Legends last night on Xbox rather than PS4. Also, jumped into the Halo Master Chief collection with a friend. Um, and Super Smash Brothers still play that on a regular basis with the kids. And 
And I think that's it for now, man. How about you? All right. Well, for me, I haven't been watching too much. Um, <clears throat> I've been watching that CNN documentary on the 70s that was recently posted to Netflix. And that's been quite fun. Um, I've been uh, watching a little bit of DuckTales, new DuckTales. They're finally... they. They used the moon theme from the from the NES game in the most recent episode, and it's incredible. Is it a reference to the <clears throat> NES game? Oh yes, yep. Dude. The moon theme. Do 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 do. I can't do <laughs> my kid, dude. I I loved Ducktales growing up, and my kids and I are really into the new ones. I told them that there's a Ducktales video game, and they went crazy. So we're gonna have to play that sometime this week. Excellent. Um, and I haven't actually been playing anything because Mrs. The Mac, she has been taking over my PC the whole weekend and she played Chasm from beginning to end and loves it. So I'm very proud of Mrs. The Mac. This is, uh, you know, she normally doesn't go for the side scrolling, uh, for the side scrolling, uh, Metroidvanias, if you will. So I was just, it was just great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's what we've been watching and what we've been playing. I'll just read real quick what folk have been watching. Let's see, for watching, we see, uh, Captain Marvel, Creed 2, Punisher 3, another for watching Captain Marvel. I haven't seen it yet. Um, Someone in the chat actually said Creed 2 as well. Yes, and Galvatron said it was brilliant. Uh, Galvatron, however, was not very impressed with, uh, with Captain Marvel. Um... <clears throat> and uh, spe- and uh, Galvatron's been playing Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Crackdown 3, and uh, we've got some playing Kingdom Hearts 3, Tetris 99, and some NBA 2K19. So that's what we've got in the chat for watching and playing. And thank you so much, everybody, for weighing in and turning us on to these new IPs. Mr. Nice Guy and I were always... We're always getting through, you know, our the stuff that we want to watch. So having your suggestions is really helpful to us. So thank you. Yeah, no, Mac, we're about eight minutes early now. You can be completely honest. Yeah, man. I gotta, I gotta cut it. I'm. Let's let's end it. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thanks for tuning in to episode ninety-five of Two Nerds in a Pod. We'll be back next week. Twitch.tv backslash Two Nerds in a Pod at nine p.m. Central, eight p.m. Mountain. You guys really are the best viewers on Twitch. We'll see you next week. Same bat place, same bat time, same bat rhymes. Keep it nerdy. Deuces.